You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Okay, guys, today we are going deep. So in session four, we are going all the way in on some mindset stuff. I am just so grateful to Rachel for being willing to go here. And I think that it's really, really useful because what we're able to kind of do at first, and I think this is what I really want people to see in terms of what mindset strategy and execution really means is we do dive into the strategy piece first and we figure out like, what needs to happen, like who needs to help us, that kind of stuff. But then from there, it opens up all the mindset stuff because we can fix the strategy, but if we're not fixing the mindset, it doesn't matter. The strategy part is the easy part though. So really pay attention to that in this session, in this episode where it's like, They work together. Of course, we're going to fix the strategy. Of course, we're going to get her executional support, but fundamentally the mindset is what is keeping us stuck. So both of them working together is really, really important. And this episode illustrates it perfectly. So here you go. All right. What's going on? Oh my goodness. A lot. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's been a hectic week. It's been one of those weeks where like every client on the PR side has needed something right away (laughs) every single day all at once. (laughs) So I've been, I just feel like I've been trying to keep up with it all this week. And yeah, like I have stuck to getting my content out and posting, but not really giving myself enough time in the morning to, to really dedicate to anything beyond that. It's just sort of been like, let me get this done. And then I got to take care of all these other people. And so Mm -hmm. it's just felt overwhelming. And then I think that coupled with just like, this is an overwhelming time. And I live in Georgia, and they just opened up our state. And I mean, we're still staying in and, and trying not to go out. But it's just sort of it's stressful, you know, parents want to see the grandkids and we're still real mm-hmm. not keen on doing that yet. And not feeling that, yeah. <laughs> so it's just sort of like there's there's that underlying kind of overwhelmingness <laughs> going on too. So it's felt like a lot this week. And so, yeah, I've just sort of, I think I told you in my form, I just sort of feel like I'm, I've been surviving this week and, and kind of treading water. <laughs> So, well, I think there's something to be said for um, kind of like l- letting that be okay mm-hmm. and giving yourself grace. And I don't mean like let it be okay, like, oh, just deal with it forever. Right. But I mean, like, I think that because we've now been in this situation for what, like two mm-hmm. months, I think there's almost this way where we can be like, gosh, everything should feel fine. Why doesn't it feel fine? And it's like, well, because this is still crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's still so much going on, so much to deal with so much that has changed that like I think it's totally appropriate and okay to feel really overwhelmed. It doesn't mean we want to stay there forever, but I just want to like really like give permission that like of course that's overwhelming. (laughs) Like what? how would it not be to have those decisions to make a kiddo at home full time Mm -hmm. 
run two businesses, all of that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, the good news is my husband doesn't have to go back into the office now until June. So I do have him home also to help, which I'm just so thankful because I was worrying about that too last week until we got, you know, got the notice that they were going to keep everybody at home for another month. So that helps a lot. (laughs) That's huge, right? It's enormous. So good. So in terms of the PR stuff right now, it's is it just that you feel like you have too many clients? Is it just that it's a busy time? Like what feels like the thing that's so, um, you know, kind of like driving that ship there where it just feels like kind of beyond capacity? Yeah. You probably hear my daughter in the background too. <laughs> oh, that's totally fine. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. One is I think I've built the business up where I've just said yes to too much at this point. And I think a big part we talked about a little bit last week was the woman who I was covering for on maternity leave ended up going on maternity leave early. So that happened sooner than I'd expected. And then I have another project that was supposed to end in March and they keep extending, which is great, but also, you know, not what I had planned for as I was saying yes to other things. I was saying yes to other things thinking that, that April and May would have been a lot lighter on client work. Yeah. And so now I'm in this position where there's just, there's too much to do. And I've sort of realized like I need to say no more than I say yes to things. And I love <laughs> yeah. when you said that in Base Camp. I was like, that's like the perfect way to say it. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and it's so true. And I have the tendency to want to say yes. Um, I think just, my personality. I think it's the Enneagram nine thing. (laughs) Like I want to help everybody, but it's just not sustainable. And I've really felt that this week and especially, you know, there's a new baby coming. And (laughs) so I totally, you know, I'm trying to be mindful of how I'm, how I'm shifting things on the PR side, especially as I know, you know, I want to grow blissful budget and the other thing that we talked about in base camp that is exciting is I have an opportunity for a job. And so it I wasn't looking for a job. And I've always sort of had in the back of my mind, like, if I were ever going to go work for somebody again, this is the criteria I have. And like, it would have to be mm-hmm. 100% remote and a flexible schedule and like all this stuff that I thought, like, this doesn't exist anywhere. And I had an opportunity pop into my inbox um, for a PR manager for this company that it's a very popular um, budgeting software or platform. Mm-hmm. And it checked all the boxes. And it also meets my like love of budgeting and, and that too. And And so, you know, why it's really appealing to me is that could be a really great opportunity for a lot of reasons. It could also mean I could step away from my PR business and have something steady and stable right now and, and for the long Mm -hmm. term so that I can, you know, do something that I love that, that checks all those boxes and give more time to blissful budget, which I feel like, especially this week has just sort of gotten pushed aside. Yeah. I think something that's really interesting is that 
you're sort of in this difficult position where I think a lot of people find themselves, especially if they've grown a business that's actually making Mm -hmm. good money, (laughs) right? Which is like, it's so hard to turn down the Mm -hmm. money, but it's almost a non-negotiable to turn down the money to make space for anything else, right? So you're really at that like difficult point of like, what would it look like to turn down the Mm -hmm. money to make it in another area? But that time gap in between is hard as hell, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like so beautiful to see that opportunity show up to like maybe be the stopgap between those things, right? I really, really loved when Rachel said, I need to start saying no more than I say yes, right? And I know how hard that can be to say no to money, right? So in her PR business, she really has more coming at her than she can handle, but she doesn't want to grow that business. And so the more she keeps saying yes to it, the more she keeps putting herself in a position where she has no time for other things and has no time to build this business that she's wanting to build. So saying no and saying no to money is actually crucial to build the other thing. But let's be completely transparent that it can be very hard to say no to the money and to pull back. But that's where it becomes so obvious that we need to be really intentional about it. We need to be strategic about it. And we need to figure out a plan that makes the most sense for that. You don't just have to say no to everything overnight. But being willing to say no when you're in that position is what gets you to the next step in building the business you really want to build. Yeah, I mean it could it could really help that shift. And I I mean I felt that so much when I mean earlier in the year when I had taken a break from PR and and sort of that time when my husband's severance ran out and I I was not making any money at Blissful Budget, like it was it was scary and it was not I realized like that was not the most supportive place for me even though I had the time to devote to Blissful Budget. I was so worried about our money situation that it it yeah. really impacted how I was showing up in that business. And so, yeah, I just feel like this opportunity is really great because it provides some of that safety and security that I know that I need to feel good to also grow, you know, my blissful budget. So, Yeah. And also I think what's really interesting is like um, you had mentioned, you know, in – in the message that it basically was what, like 200 applicants and you're one of three now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's felt really good too. It was like I applied. um, It's been a rigorous process, but I I applied and sent in a cover letter and and there have been like several rounds to this. And so I've, I've advanced now. I've had a phone interview with them and then just did an assignment. And so now I'm, I'm waiting to hear, you know, if I'm moving on to the next step, I think there's like two more interviews um, and then they'll make a decision. So that's pretty amazing though. And, and I mean, that makes me feel real good too, to be one, you know, selected out of 200. I love that. That's amazing. So I think something that's really interesting and just helpful to see here, and I just want to give you credit for is that like, I feel like some entrepreneurs get so attached to like that, whatever, mentality, title, that kind of thing, that they would almost like never feel like it would be okay to be like, you know what? I just don't want to do this business even though it's making great Mm -hmm. money. Um, I want a business that supports my life more. And I just want to like give you so much credit for being willing to be like, I don't even care if I need to like get this job for a little bit. Of course, it needs to meet all these criteria. Mm -hmm. But if it does, 
great. Like I have a vision for my life more than I even have a vision for just the business. And I think that's so exceptional to be in that mindset because it helps us make much more aligned decisions Mm -hmm. than just kind of being in that place of like, well, it has to be me being an entrepreneur, me having that business. So I'm just going to grind it out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's funny. I mean, even even thinking about working for somebody else at first, you know, I did have this list of criteria. And there's like, in the back of my mind, like, is it bad if I take a job? Like, does that mean I'm not really all in or (laughs) just, but Mm -hmm. you know, I know for me, I need I need this certain, like my level of risk, I need something stable and secure. And that's always been sort of when Blissful Budget has done the best is when I've, when I've been in a position where I feel really safe so that I'm not selling mm-hmm. from this place of desperation and I'm not like, oh my God, I've got to churn out money here. It, it sort of allows me to be more open and creative and, and receptive too, which is really nice. Totally. And I think that you know, again, like the value is of having been through that experience enough to know what's true Mm -hmm. there and then not to fight what's true. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Right? We spend so much time fighting what's true. Like I do better when I feel safe and secure. Like you can fight that all day or you can be like, so what do I do to just feel more safe and secure so I can get the result I want, right? Definitely. Definitely. So good. So what do you know when you find out more or like what's the rest of this going to look like in terms of kind of making a decision? Here? I hope I'll find out today whether or not I move on to the next round, which I, I will. I will move on. Of course you will. <laughs> so, I meant yeah, like when are we finding out that, that I got, got a job? Because like, yeah. I would imagine <laughs> by the end of, of this month, which is May. So I'd, I'd okay. imagine I'll know by then. Which is good timing, too, because we're sort of moving into summer and um, gives me time to wind down the PR business. And um, yeah, so I'm really excited <laughs> about that. So let's, I mean, we already talked about this in base camp, but like we're deciding it's yes. yours. But let's also decide like what makes the most sense to do in the interim. Mm-hmm. So say we're talking end of May, that's not nothing, mm-hmm. right? It's not far away, but it's like a yeah. few weeks, yeah. right? Do you need to get some stuff off your plate in the meantime or what kind of comes up there for you? Yeah, I I think I do need to get some PR stuff off my plate. I've been thinking about like there's one project I'm working on that I'm just not really loving and so talking to um, the owner of the virtual agency that I work with and seeing if there's somebody else on his team that might be interested in taking that over. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that would be really helpful because it's, it's just not, it's not what I had signed up for (laughs) when I said yes to that project. Mm -hmm. So, and then I'm looking at like on this other project that ended up extending, I did uh, engage another woman to help me out with it who who also subcontracts with this agency and so that I think will be really good too just to have some help there so I'm not feeling like I have to do everything all by myself mm-hmm. totally so <clears throat> letting go of one outsourcing mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. what what does that look like time wise for you in terms of time saving oh gosh I mean it would probably be a few hours a week maybe like three to five hours a week, which is a lot, 
actually. <laughs> so, that is a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. And I think that's like where you're going to feel that safety, like regardless of the job situation when it can be like, okay, like we're not going zero to 60 like you did before where it felt really mm-hmm. uncomfortable, right? Where it's like, okay, you just stop doing it and then we see what happens. It's like you pull back three to five hours, but three to five hours that can go to calls, that can go to outreach, content, mm-hmm. engagement, all of that kind of stuff. Like that can make the biggest difference in yeah. the world. You know what yeah, I mean? definitely. So I also think that, you know, we've been like playing with the mindset stuff a little bit. And I think in terms of mindset, that's like a really beautiful thing to do too, which is like, let me get this off my plate because that job is mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Does that feel true? Are you like, yeah. No, that does feel <laughs> true. And it's something I've been thinking about of like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna get this job and then I need to give, you know, at least a couple weeks notice to the agencies I work with and you know, how, what's that going to look like to start to scale back? But I think also doing some of that scaling back now will be really, yeah. really helpful so that it's not, I mean, not quite as big of a shock that, or at least, you know, not quite as disruptive to them when I'm, when I'm leaving, because I've already kind of taken care of those two projects. So Yeah. And I think that's also a little bit of like a mindset piece here in terms of like, you could easily like, kind of like mindfuck yourself into being like, well, it's only the end of May that I'll find out. So let me see what happens then. And then I'll go with it. Like, let me just get through these next few weeks kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But that's so not in alignment with what you want. Like what you want, no matter how all of this shakes out, is less PR, more time in the other Mm -hmm. business, less stress in the PR business. Because I know like the biggest concern is like, how am I going to be a new mom and have all this, right? So something that's really interesting that I notice in business often is that how easy it is to wait. <laughs> and so, for example, in this case, it would be so easy for Rachel to wait to see how this plays out with the job, right? But just taking the mindset of moving forward regardless to get what you want now and deciding it's going to work is so key to not staying stuck long term because there's always going to be a new thing that you can wait on like Rachel has a ton of it like I'll wait to see if I get the job I'll wait till see what happens after I have the baby right like I'll wait to see what happens when my husband goes back to working in an office full-time all of that kind of stuff but you could wait endlessly You know what I'm saying? And so being able to be like, cool, this thing is happening, but let me move forward like I need to right now. Let me take some things off my plate. Let me start planning for what I actually want, even in the midst of waiting to see how this other thing plays out, is such a powerful mindset tool, but also a powerful strategy and execution tool because it would be so tempting to just sit in it, right? It would be so tempting to be like, ah, we'll see. But number one, that's not the right mindset. And number two, too, it's not getting us further strategy-wise. It's not getting us further execution-wise. So just watch if you're doing that in your own business. Are you looking at all these reasons you should wait? Or are you taking that forward action now, today, in this moment, even if you're waiting to see how something else plays out? If you are, that's when you are going to get the most results. And if you are not, it is time to change that and to figure out what you can do right now while you wait for the other thing to happen. Yeah, definitely. It's it's not sustainable and like knowing knowing how I felt after my first and I mean it was ridiculous. I don't looking back on it, I was a crazy person. I don't know how 
I did it all. I mean, I was working <laughs> until three in the morning and I know with two kids, uh, I cannot do that. And, no. you know, it might be not having two kids. I don't know how it's going to be. And so I don't want to be in this position where I just feel so overwhelmed and, you know, it just doesn't feel sustainable. I know what I have set up right now is not sustainable and it's not what I want. Mm -hmm. And even though it's lucrative, it's just not, not what I want, you know, and not how I want to be operating in the long term. So in terms of like, let's just talk big picture for a second, just to kind of ease that, like in terms of blissful budget, like once, you know, you have the you know, kind of like the new setup, let's say, say you've been able to pull back on PR, say, um, you know, baby's already here, that kind of thing. Like what feels sustainable in terms of like time commitment there? Yeah, I think. And I know you don't know until you know, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I feel like blissful budget could be like maybe 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been trying to think about how many clients do I want for that business. And, right. you know, maybe it's three or four a month and, you know, it could, could end up being a little more than that, but like, I want it to be steady and have a steady amount of clients and, and be generating really good income, like supplemental income for us. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I feel like 10, 10 hours maybe a week would probably be good. And, and also knowing like having had, Knowing that this job will provide me with so much flexibility uh, because it's not a traditional like you need to be on from nine to five. It's sort of get get your work done. And as long as you're getting <laughs> your work done and, and showing up for meetings, you know, we're totally. happy. You know, I know I'll have a lot of flexibility around that, too. All right. So let me just tease you a little bit mm-hmm. there. Which is like, do you notice how like there's this huge part of you that's like already assuming like it won't be where you want it to be by that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we're talking months at yeah. this point, yeah. right? So I'm not saying like we don't include the job in that thought mm-hmm. process, but like the job is the the layover, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's just something I would play with a little bit there is like what's stopping me from believing that could look totally different in a mm-hmm. few months? Yeah. Yeah. What comes up for you? I just, I guess I feel like Four months isn't that long. (laughs) So, but I think it sort of goes back to last week too of like deciding to decide. Yep. You know, my daughter's singing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She likes that. She's like, yep. She agrees Mm -hmm. with that. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think some of it is that some of it is, yeah, this like, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but it is sort of this feeling of like, well, it hadn't, it didn't happen when I was devoting myself a hundred percent to it. So I think I still have a small amount of disbelief of like, well, is it going to happen in four months? Even if I set myself up really well, I think there, I think there's still that there, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of in the back of my mind. I think that what I would say is two things. One is that it's normal that it's there, but two is that that's your job <laughs> to keep switching around, right? So every time that comes up to be able to kind of find that thing of like, no, there's no other option. Like I am i don't want to be in that job long term. Like I do want to have a different lifestyle. I do want to have a different business. Like there's no way that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. 
right? And like, obviously part of you believes that or we wouldn't be having these conversations, (laughs) right? Yeah. You know, you wouldn't be making the time to put out content, but then like the piece of you that doesn't, that has that like replay going on, like it's normal and Mm -hmm. it's the work. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. In terms of the mindset piece, do you feel like you got to work on that a little bit this week or what did that look like? (laughs) No, I did not get to work on it at all this week. I, um, yeah, it did, it just didn't really happen at all. It was sort of like get get your content out, make your Facebook posts and and then put out all the fires. It was really this week. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's something really useful there is to kind of be like like I'm being dead ass serious, like I would rather see you do mindset work than put out your content. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying both aren't useful, and I'm not saying you're going to get a bunch of clients right off the bat if you're not posting content. However, you see how that's like almost reinforces the story for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. I'm putting it out. I finally got that done, but like it's probably not going to happen. I mean, if that's all I'm doing in four months, (laughs) it's definitely not going to work. Like you see what I mean, right? Yeah. Okay, so I feel like a lot of people are going to want to eye roll me at the mindset over posting thing. In other words, like mindset is more important than posting your content. But I 100% stand by that. And if you have been my client, you know that's true and you know it works better, right? Because if you get the mindset right, everything gets easier. If you don't have the mindset right, you are often doing a lot of work for very little results. I'm not saying posting's not important. It is, it's very important. I'm just saying I know for sure that mindset is more important and that when you get that, somehow it's magically easy to post, right? And so the reason I'm telling Rachel that is because she will be able to put this off forever. She's about to be a mom of two. She has a kid at home full time. She has two businesses. She will never make the time unless it feels like the most important thing she can do. And it is. So this is really for you if you're listening, like if you're telling yourself like, well, I don't have time to do mindset work because I have to get my content out there because I have to do this. Like I would challenge you to be like, what would it look like to do mindset work for a week instead of that? Seriously, what would it look like? Probably a lot of things would shift in your world and probably you would find out that you actually could do both or you could find a way to do both, right? There is nothing, nothing, nothing in business that I have seen to be more important than getting your mindset in check. You guys know this. (laughs) I talk about this incessantly. If you haven't listened to the Do The Work mini series that is part of the Literally podcast, I highly recommend going back to that where we address a lot of the mindset stuff. But seriously, I believe in this. I stand by this. I think you should try it. If you have time to do both, I'm not saying don't 100%, but if that's the story you're sitting in is I can't do both, great. Switch it up for a week and watch what happens because you will be so surprised. And it sounds crazy and ridiculous because like, how are we going to get the result if we're not putting it out? But it's like, if you get into a different place about it, that changes when when you're putting it out and how that feels and what that looks like and how much, you know, you even feel the ability to do that, all of that kind of stuff. I don't know if that feels true if you're like, uh, I don't know, but like, tell me what comes up for you. No, that really feels true. It's funny. It's like, I've thought about doing the mindset work all week, (laughs) but I just haven't done Mm -hmm. it. And I think, you know, I think part of it too is, is like, I know it's going to be 
a little uncomfortable at first. And it's so funny because I know the how important it is because I I talk mm-hmm. to people all the time about it. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, I'm a huge hypocrite because I'm not giving myself the time to do it. <laughs> so I know it. I know well, it's so. I know it's so important and and what I need to be doing right now. Here's how I would look at it. I don't think you're a hypocrite by any means, but I think it's easier to sell it when you're doing yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Like, so I have a client who. Um, is a mindset coach Mm -hmm. and had really kind of like fallen off her her wagon with that let's (laughs) say right as we all do it's totally normal and I was like that like you have to do it every day for two weeks like like your 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 ability to write sell all that kind of stuff and she just was like that was the most insane thing ever like what the results I had in two weeks and the difference I felt were crazy. And then so going out and selling was so much easier, like writing that next sales post, mm-hmm. putting that next thing out, getting on that next call feels so different when you're like, no, literally, I just did this for two weeks and it changed my whole fucking life. Yeah. Versus when you're like, I know it works and you should for sure do it. <laughs> but, right. you know, it's just harder to be in that like sales mode from that perspective. So, um, sincerely, like, we'll get to the content piece. Like, I, 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 of course, want you to be getting it out there. And I know that I'm the one who said to you, get it out there every day. But if we're in a place of choice as you're getting things off your plate, mindset over content. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that does. Okay, so one of the biggest hacks of all time ever <laughs> is basically do what you're telling others to do. <laughs> and it sounds so silly, but so many of us don't do that consistently and it makes it so much harder to sell. And quite honestly, in my opinion, it makes it so much harder to coach around. Finding that congruence and being your own best case study is something I talk about with clients all the time. Because when you're getting results from doing your own shit, you're gonna wanna scream it from the rooftops. It's why I so incessantly cannot stop talking about mindset strategy and execution because it's the thing I apply to my business day in and day out and it works so fucking fantastically that I have no problem selling it or shouting about it or being loud about it or shining with it because I just know it works. If I was telling you guys to do that and meanwhile wasn't doing it myself in my business, I could still sell it and I could tell you why it's awesome, but I promise it would be with less vigor and enthusiasm than I have and it would probably sell a lot less easier to be honest, right? It also makes it really easy for me to coach because when someone you know, isn't doing their mindset stuff or doesn't want to get the strategy down or whatever, I have so much ability to kind of frame that for them, to storytell for them, to get them invested, to get them excited and to hold them to that because I'm holding myself to that, right? So doing that thing that you're telling other people to do really, really consistently, I'm not saying perfectly, but I am saying really consistently changes the mother effing game in terms of your ability to sell and how you show up as a coach. So if you're listening to this, do a check-in with yourself. Like, is the stuff you're telling clients to do the stuff you're also doing? I'm not saying it all looks the same. Obviously, I don't launch a ton and I walk my clients through really big launches, so I'm not always doing the exact thing. But in terms of like, if I'm telling them to do mindset work, if I'm telling them to be super strategic, if I'm telling them to delegate, if I'm telling them that they have to execute, if I'm telling them they need a time block, like, am I doing all of that shit, right? 
that's something that is wildly useful in so many ways. I could talk about this topic endlessly. Maybe we'll do a solo episode on this because I'm like, wait, I gotta stop, but I wanna say more. But seriously, magic, magic game changer. Check yourself on this and see if you can do it even more in your business. And like another thing to consider is that you are outsourcing in the PR business. You could outsource someone posting your shit Mm -hmm. so that you could do the content. Yeah, yeah. And I've thought about that too. I mean, you know, I'm I'm making enough in the PR business that I could hire somebody to handle posting content for Blissful Budget and and do some of that stuff that's just like, you know, not terribly time-consuming, but it's time-consuming enough right now that it's keeping me from doing the mindset work. So I'll tell you, I think that would be a really, really smart mm-hmm. move. Yeah. And I'm not a big believer in like spend a shit ton of money that you're not making. However, mm-hmm. I think that there is no way that that doesn't become relevant for the next for, – for the foreseeable future anyway. Right. Like if and when you get this job, mm-hmm. right, that's a really smart thing to have on deck. When you have the baby, all of that, mm-hmm. right? Like that's just like a very relevant need in your yeah. business where – you don't want to be the one that has to worry about making that train work. Like you just want to be the one that gets to like create the actual stuff and have someone else get it out there. Because let's say we have someone great trained up by the time you um, have the baby, like you don't have to do anything and like your stuff still gets marketed and put out there for months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would feel really good to have that support and to know like, I don't need to do a bunch of scheduling on the front end to prep for for baby coming. Like, I mean, I'll, I know there'll be content creation on the front end, but not to have to worry about the actual posting during that time will be great. Because I, I remember how I was with my first and I was a zombie. So, <laughs> yeah. Totally. And, like, I think that something that's true there, too, is that that's probably the least enjoyable part to a certain extent for you. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you didn't have to be like, oh, man, I got to like get this out every morning, you probably could do mindset work and write a post. They're almost the same thing in a a way, right? Yeah, definitely. You write in your journal, you take that and you make it a post. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know if you feel like, yeah, I'm like, let's do that. But like I fully think that that would be a really smart move for you right now. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Definitely. And that's also a lot more in alignment with the conversation that we're having about like, let's decide it's going to work. Yeah. Right? Like if I knew this was going to work, of course I would have help now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I agree with that so much. And like having it now before I'm super busy with blissful budget work and, you know, setting myself up now while things are slower on that side, I think will help so much in the long term. Right. And also, like, before it's, you know, like a week before you, you get right or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, to have had this person on deck for, you know, a couple months, maybe more, mm-hmm. right? Before, like, that's even a conversation is so beautiful because, like, they know what's up by that point. You're not having to kind of, like, train, mm-hmm. you know, in the midst of all of that. So, Yeah. Do you have anyone in mind or would it help if I sent you some recommendations? Recommendations would be great. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Awesome. I think that, um, I think that that's such a beautiful gift to kind of give yourself Mm -hmm. right now. And it's really that piece of 
why have the PR business if it's not going to support you in this, right? right? Totally. Yeah. So good. Okay. So does that feel better? Like I know one of the things you had said on your questionnaire was just like figuring out like how am I going to make this more sustainable? So obviously we're pulling back a little on the PR. You're definitely going to get support. Mm -hmm. going to lean into the mindset a little bit more. But what else comes up there? Is there like a question that you're kind of sitting with or does that feel like it's kind of leveling out? No, that feels good. It feels like it's leveling out and and yeah, I mean, I think it'll feel really good to hire that support and something that I've been, it's been in the back of my mind probably for months. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think just having yeah. that like, okay, I'm going to do it, making that decision really helps a lot. For sure. And I think just also knowing that like, how do I want to say it? Like the thing that's great about stuff like that is like, it's not like you're committing for five mm-hmm. years. Do you know? Like you're like, right now I need help. We'll see what happens after I have the baby. We'll see what happens after that. But for right now, this is the best decision I can make, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. good. Okay. So tell me about the call because I know that that was a piece that came up for you too, like the shorter call. Yes. So I had a client start up this month um, who I had booked her back in March and then <laughs> shit hit the fan in the world. So we <laughs> delayed our start. <laughs> um, so right now she had signed up. I haven't launched the new package yet, but she had signed up for like the one call a month, mm-hmm. um, you know, with base camp support in between. And I, I offer 60 minutes for the call and we only talked for 30 and I felt like I, you know, I asked her a lot of questions and she had came to the call with questions, but then she was sort of like, okay, cool. Well, I'll book my next call and talk to you soon. And I, I think there's the part of me that felt like, did I not do enough? Did I not offer enough? Because I know, you know, she's paid for coaching and I want to make sure she gets, feels like she's getting her money's worth. But then also it felt like she was kind of like ready to get off the phone. And I don't know. It was just, it was interesting and also has made me think about like, okay, how long do my calls really need to be? 45 minutes is probably enough because I had a client a few months ago. Well, I guess it was last year who some of our calls, we would go the full hour. Some would just be like 45 minutes, but I never felt weird about it, I guess, because that was when I was offering a call a week, mm-hmm. which just felt like a lot. <laughs> so. Right. So some of this feeling might change as, you know, I shift to two calls a month plus all the support. But anyway, I just didn't know if this is something that other coaches go through. Like, are there just clients who cut calls short? I don't know. Well, I would say two things there. One is that the like best rule of thumb that you can always have as a coach is don't gas ask. (laughs) Right. (laughs) right and so what I mean by that is like you know I think you can literally just reach out to her Mm -hmm. and say like hey I you know I know that on our last call we only went for 30 minutes I just wanted to check in like did you just need to get off the phone are you just feeling like you didn't need the full time like tell me what's going on there okay because like a couple things could be true right like she could have just had Like, I don't know. I'm just making something up, right? But, like, her kid could have just spilled something all over the couch. And she was like, oh, shit. I got to get off this phone call, right? (laughs) Yeah. Or she could think that your calls are 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, who knows, right? Or Mm -hmm. she could think that, like, she's supposed to wrap it up as fast as she – Like, you just want to know where her head's at. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or you could have been getting into something that felt uncomfortable and she wanted to (laughs) not go there. Yeah. You know, but like the more that you can just like give yourself permission to ask, the better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there like a fear about that? Like are you like having kind of like a conversation in your head around like what she might say if you ask or what comes up for you? No, like I, I feel good asking her about that. And I think I do a pretty good job on calls even like noticing when it's getting uncomfortable and then that's, you know, where we really make progress and Mm -hmm. get into the meat of things. Um, I think, you know, I don't want to make assumptions though. And I think I do tend to tend to make assumptions. So I like the reminder of don't guess, just ask. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Cause I feel like, you know, I sometimes do have the tendency of just like being like, okay, well that's probably what they're thinking. So. It's so funny that you say that, right? Because actually, like, that's the thing that I think hurts people the most in the sales process, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, I'm just assuming this is how they felt or that they can't afford it or that they're, you know, in this position or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to just see it here because you can be like, oh, okay, that's just, like, a tendency I have that I can, like, yeah. you know, kind of work through because that doesn't just impact me here. That impacts me in the sales process as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I see that a lot in my sales process, um, especially around the money objection mm-hmm. and, you know, assuming – Going in with the assumption of like, well, it's too expensive for this person. (laughs) So it's definitely a tendency I have and something to work on. Okay, you guys. So this way of thinking or this tool, you could say, uh, don't guess, ask, is such a game changer in coaching and sales and in business in general. Anytime you're finding yourself guessing or making an assumption, you are probably going to be missing out on a sale or an opportunity. I 100% apply this to my sales process and I'll tell you that it works so incredibly well because I'm never getting off the phone guessing what they need to think about, guessing how that conversation might go with their husband, guessing if they really wanted it, guessing if they really didn't want it, guessing what their objection is, none of that. I will ask every single time and same with clients, right? Like I am not guessing how they feel. I'm just going to ask. And so when we're someone who is, you know, trained to kind of like people please and not really, you know, rock the boat, it can feel really uncomfortable to do the ask all the time, especially in the sales process, but it can be so freeing and so life-changing to break through that and just give yourself full permission to always ask and never guess. If you apply that to your business this week, I promise you will feel lighter and more peaceful. I'm not saying you might not have to push your edge to ask in the first place, but if you just ask, (laughs) on the other side of that is so much less stress, so much more peace, and quite honestly, so many more sales because you're able to so much more effectively overcome objections, right? So this obviously was applied to Rachel's client where it is going to be so useful for her and she's going to feel so much better after, but I really want you to think about it in terms of your sales process too because this is such a useful tool there as well. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you like the cheesiest coaching question of all time ever. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. (laughs) stick with me for a second. But I think it's like really, really relevant here. But whose love did you crave more growing up, your mom's or your dad's? 
my gosh. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. I've been asked this question uh, on a job interview before. It was super weird. Um- <laughs> that is some shit for a job yeah. interview. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. Um, but yeah, I. it was probably my mom more than my dad, if I'm honest. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then yeah. the the you know, follow-up to that is, who did you have to be to get that love? Who did I have to what? Who did you have to be? Oh, who did I have to be? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> That's a really hard question. Um, you know, I think it's funny because I've always been the been like the caretaker of the, I have one sibling. I have an older sister. And I feel like with with my mom, I was always sort of like like my sister was the squeakier wheel. So I just tried to be like as easy as I could be. <laughs> Yep. Maybe not in my teenage years, but like as a kid, <laughs> I tried to be like under the radar with her. Yeah, definitely. And so like tried not to rock the boat too much, tried to just, you know, do what mom wanted and and then try not to be noticeable otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I know that's probably like really really hard to even like think about or share, but thank you for sharing that. But it's so interesting, right? Because you see how relevant that is. Okay. So this coaching question is like one of my favorites. I think it's so relevant to therapy. I think it's a really helpful thing in coaching to kind of like break through all of this stuff and figure out what's really going on. I feel like it's been around for a really long time. I think I've definitely heard Tony Robbins use it, but I'm not quite sure where it kind of has come from. But this principle, I think it applies across therapy, across coaching, right? So it's the question of whose love did you crave more growing up, your mom's or your dad's, and who did you have to be to get it? It is wildly enlightening what happens when you ask a client this question. So grateful to Rachel for being open to this question, but you'll see how much is uncovered for her and how many connections she's able to start making just through that. And I think it can be very frustrating for people because it's like, we don't really want it to be about that one thing that happened when we were young and blah, blah, blah. And we hate blaming our parents and all of this stuff. And I totally get it. This isn't to play the blame game or to decide that we have like all of these unresolved childhood issues. It's to say that like the way we're programmed as kids always, always, always impacts us into adulthood. And if we can take a solid look at that, our ability to change it is vast. If we don't actually know what's steering the ship, (laughs) you know, it's so much harder to get it in the right direction. So I would really, really recommend using this if you're a coach. I think it's fantastic. I would also recommend asking yourself this and doing some journaling on it because it will enlighten you far more than you could possibly know. And even though it's like the cheesy coaching question or the cheesy therapy question, there's a reason it's so known or it's so used or it's so out there and it's because it works. So please try this question. I promise you will be amazed at what it uncovers for yourself and for your clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. Right? It's- like I totally don't want to like, ah, not that you won't go ask this client. Of course you will. But like, I don't want to mm-hmm. ask. I don't want to, you know, rock the boat in the sales process. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of be the squeaky wheel in any way. And the irony is like to kind of like run the business that you want to run, like all of those things. 
are going to have yeah. to shift a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, I even think about it just like in every every job I've had and every like even starting the PR business and, and definitely in Blissful Budget, it's sort of like, you know, I don't, I have this tendency to like not, not want to rock the boat. And then yeah. I, I also think it's like um, what was really uncomfortable for me at first with posting content even was like, oh my God, I'm going to be seen. Like I have to be the face <laughs> of this business. Like this, I'm selling me now. And even though I, you know, you have to do that to some extent in the corporate world or in like a nine to five job, you know, when it's you and it's your business, like you have to put yourself out there and get noticed. And yeah. and to know that like I have this tendency of like, I'm just going to try to be, you know, get by and make everyone happy. And then to be like, oh, wait, shit, I got to be the face of this and, and the leader of this is a big shift. Definitely. So it's interesting because I think that what I see with so many of my clients and so many of us in the online space is like, we almost pick this because it's our work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like yeah. my answer of who I had to be was perfect. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I've had to dismantle every single thought around that to be able to be in this business and to put things out there because perfect is the antithesis of what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, seeing is what you're going to have to <laughs> mm-hmm. dismantle here a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah but it's so totally. helpful to see and know that because you kind of just create the hack of all hacks there right? Mm -hmm. Everything that's stopping you will probably have something to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. It's great news and it's annoying news, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so funny. I mean, I go to therapy and like, I've talked about all this stuff, but (laughs) I don't think I've ever made the connection of like, this is what's holding me back Mm -hmm. in in my business. And it's so connected. 100%. And I think that, um, what I typically see is that when we kind of realize that at the beginning, it's almost frustrating. Like, it's like, oh my God, you have to be kidding me. This like childhood thing or whatever is like holding me back in the business. And we kind of like want to eye roll that so hard. Right. But then like once you've kind of processed that and you just see it everywhere, you're like, oh, (laughs) this is really good news. Because if I just fix that one thing, everything else fixes itself. And then it feels like you kind of almost got like the magic secret. So for me, like every time, you know, something comes up, my magic secret is like, you don't have to be perfect, let go of control. There's never a different answer, basically. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So so that's kind of great because now I always know the answer. Mm -hmm. So for you, like almost reliably, like all of this stuff that's coming up, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay to be seen. You got to let yourself be out there. It's okay to rock the boat. In fact, half the point is rocking the boat, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why that mindset piece is so, so relevant here, right? And it's why I'm saying like do that over anything because it's like if these thoughts we can get a hold of and shift, everything shifts. Yeah. It's so – it's really true. What's coming up for you here? Are you like kind of having a lot of of different thoughts? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean it's – it's funny. It, I think, you know, what you just said of like, it's frustrating because I, I know this about myself, but I don't think I really like, I mean, I know I haven't worked through it 
as it relates to business Mm -hmm. and and it's just like sort of the life the lifelong struggle (laughs) (laughs) so I mean it pisses me off but it's also what you know like of course I need of course I need to work through this and and of course I need to do that mindset work around it because nothing's gonna shift otherwise yeah when you say you haven't worked through it in business, I'm assuming that means you have worked through it in other areas. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, just with, you know, relationships. And I think, you know, like I said, I, I've been going to therapy for a while. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I thought like being a mom would change things too, because you have to be you have are seen by a little one and yeah. then you have to be more assertive and be okay with rocking the boat because you're not going to let a two-year-old dictate <laughs> your life. <laughs> so like working through it in that area and and I mean even like leaving the corporate world I I had to do some work around that too but I think what has happened is I've kind of kept my some of my old tendencies especially in the PR business of like I think this goes back to some of the like saying yes too much yep. and, you know, because I, I want to be, I, I wanted to generate business for, for PR. Um, and so like, I think to a certain extent, I, extent, I felt like, okay, well, I've got to, you know, just say yes to things. And well, and the thing is, is like, cause it worked. Right, right. Right? Like when you yeah. were growing up, it worked to not be seen. It worked to be the people pleaser. It worked to say yes to the things, right? And so that's yeah. where it gets really confusing because then when you go into business, you're like, well, this works, so let me do that, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, even like as I kind of rose up the ranks in the corporate world, it was it was a little bit of a struggle there too and something I definitely had to work on there of like – you know, being in a position of authority where I I did need to rock the boat at times. And it was super uncomfortable because it just wasn't my my tendency. And so, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like this ever-present thing, which I think I had just sort of pushed aside, like, that doesn't relate here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it totally does. (laughs) We, like, always want that to be true, right? Like, I do that to myself still all the time. Like, I know what my thing is. And I'll still mm-hmm. be like, nah, not here. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, mm, it's probably yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, it's like, here's why that's good news. Because you've worked through it in another area. Like you've had to like overcome yourself to, to be able to parent in the way that you want to and not have mm-hmm. the two-year-old run the show, right? And so once you've done it once, it honestly is easier to do it again in another area. That's good news. <laughs> That's really good news. Yeah. Like if you are like, oh, no, this shows up everywhere. Like, okay, cool. We can still work on it. It's just going to feel a little bit different. But if you're mm-hmm. like, no, I've like really done some shit on this in terms of parenting, like it definitely will be easier because you know what that work looks like. It's just that what's just happened is now your eyes are open to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I feel like that's always the first thing is yeah. like noticing it. And and acknowledging it is like a big first step. And honestly, I think it's interesting because I feel like this is really cool work to be doing at this exact moment in time mm-hmm. where you're about to get a job that's going to let you be seen a lot more. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the way to make sure 
that works out in the absolute best way for you, whatever that's supposed to be, is to kind of be in that place of like, I don't want to self-sabotage and hide anymore. Like, I'm ready (laughs) Mm -hmm. to fully be out there. Like, bring it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Does that feel true? Are you like, "Mm, not quite there yet, but yes. (laughs) No, that feels really true. That that feels really true. And, you know, even going through this interview process has been – I feel like there I've done a really good job of being seen and showing up. And I think it's because I'm also applying from this place of I have nothing to lose, right? (laughs) So, you know, I think there too, I think sort of that that mindset has helped also of like – I'm going to go for it and, you know, I've got nothing to lose. And really, I mean, I could apply that same thing or same feeling to blissful budget, (laughs) but I feel like that the stakes are a lot higher there, at least emotionally. I'm so much more like connected (laughs) there Um, or attached, I guess is is the word. So I feel like there's places where I I'm really good at practicing that detachment mm-hmm. <laughs> from the outcome. Totally. So I think that's that's a little bit part of it too with blissful budget is I'm just really attached right now to to what it what it could be and and so it's I don't know if it's just kind of letting it letting that go a little bit and and letting it unfold how it needs to. Here's what comes up for me there. I think that there are kind of like two levels of detachment, right? Like level 1 is like fuck it, I don't care. Right. You know, which is great. And that works sometimes. But I think kind of like master level detachment, let's say, is like, I'm so clear and so locked in that I don't fucking care how it happens, when it happens, what gets me there. I just know it's happening. So so that's the kind of space we want to play with um, in Blissful Budget, right? Is like, this is the thing. Like, this business is the business. Like, it is the thing I do for years. How that all unfolds and transpires, that's what I have to let go of right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what I can't be so grabby about. Mm-hmm. Does that feel possible, like, in terms of, like, a, a you know, click-in around that or what comes up there? No, I really like how that's framed. I think I think that's some work I'm going to have to do too of like, you know, letting go of how it un- unfolds or the con- trying to control how it all unfolds. And I think that's what I was definitely doing when I kind of gave myself a six month time frame <laughs> yeah. earlier in the year. Time frames like, are like the death of detachment kind totally, of, Totally, right? yeah. totally. And it was so counterproductive because I was like, well, I need to be making money in six months. And I think that's what scares me too right now is because it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have a baby in four to five months, depending on when he decides to yeah. come. And <laughs> and so I don't want to use that as like a time frame of like, I've got to be successful by then, mm-hmm. you know? So this piece about there being two levels of detachment is really, really important for me personally, like some of my biggest work in life is surrender and detachment. And so I'm so obsessed with talking about it because it's always the thing that gets me the best results. But as a control freak, it's not easy. <laughs> but what I've really discovered is this idea of the two levels of detachment. The first being like, fuck it, I don't care. And the second being like, I'm so locked in that I don't care how or when it happens. Number two is hard, y'all, but it is the much better step to be at. 
So when you can say in your business, like I know I'm having the six figure business and the how or when I'm gonna let go of because I am that locked in on the outcome, it is insane what can happen. Every client that I know that's had those crazy, insane results that seemed like they were overnight has been able to do that. They've been able to get to that place where they're like, it's mine no matter what. It's mine no matter what it looks like. It's mine no matter how long it takes, right? I'll tell you for sure in my business, you guys know my stories that I did have really quick success. I had a 20K month, my second month of business. And I remember the exact moment, like, I was like so many people, like when I first started my business, I was like, well, it should be successful within the first 15 days. And if it's not, clearly I'm doing something wrong. And I literally remember this moment, I was sitting in my car in a parking lot and I remember just sobbing and being like, okay, I'm in this for the long run. Like if this takes me the next two years, like it's gonna take me the next two years. It is what it is and I'm here for it. And like, I'm not giving up no matter what. And I remember just like having that sobbing moment and that release the next month I made 20K, right? Like getting to that place is hard and it takes work, but you can decide it in an instant and it changes everything. So I really, really, really would recommend you take a look at that for yourself this week because that place feels so good. It feels so different and it produces the most results. So really dive in. Yeah. And it's funny, right? Because then your tendency is to almost want to decide you're not going to be to like not put the pressure on. But I think it's sort of this idea of like, as hard as it is, especially when you're, you know, have such a clear timeline, like baby, right? But letting go of the like, it, it doesn't even matter if it's before or after baby. I just know it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really helpful because what I have seen over and over again in myself and in all my clients is like, the more you let go of the time frame, the faster it comes. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one of my clients, like uh, just fully deciding like we were talking about and then being like, and if it takes years, it is what it is, but I'm, I'm so decided. And it took like three months after that, not even, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That, that I think feels good because I, I really do feel like I've been putting this time limit or time pressure on myself of, because I think right now I sort of feel like a ticking time bomb. (laughs) So it's like, Especially as I get bigger. You're kind of literally a ticking time bomb. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So it definitely feels lighter to be like, to not have to have it be all, you know, perfect in four months or, you know. So I think it's more like this happens no matter what. It will just be fun and interesting to see when and how. Yeah. Yeah. Does that feel like accessible when I say that? Yeah, it definitely does. It feels it feels a lot better. <laughs> it just feels a lot a lot later. And also, you know, I think a big part of of this business of blissful budget it is such a passion for me and I really want it to feel fun and interesting yeah. and and I think to frame it up like that of like it's going to be cool to see what this ride is yes. like, you know. Yes, exactly. It's so helpful. Mm-hmm. versus like, right, like four months, What do, what's going on? What do we got? What's going to happen? Like all right. of that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So I feel like we kind of uncovered a lot in terms of mm-hmm. some of the, the stuck points and all of that, which is really helpful. I think getting the team member is just the smartest thing you could do. Mm-hmm. And I think like 
so exciting to just feel clear on some of this mindset work. I'm also going to send you something else in Basecamp that I want you to do in terms of mindset that I'll um, share with you. But okay, you know, the practicals of like talk to the agency owner, get off those projects, let's get someone hired. But then like let's really play with the – the fun of like, what can we do with this mindset stuff? Like how yeah. much can we lean into this, especially since it's already so clear for you? Um, mm-hmm. What's kind of the stuck point there? And you've already done a lot of work around it. Like that's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. I really appreciate you sharing all this. Thank you for, for opening up in that way. Definitely. I'm happy to. Awesome. All right. Cool. Keep me posted in Basecamp. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.